Hi, I'm Kara. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast, where together we learn how to embrace imperfection and the messes that life leaves behind and overcome our shortcomings. Together, we will begin to not only see, but to feel who we truly are and who God created us to be. Let's talk. Hello, welcome to today's episode. I am so excited you're here. We are talking about Genesis 18 through 23. And today we're going to discuss Lot's wife. I feel like there's a lot of controversy about Lot's wife and she has a really interesting story. And I wonder if we actually completely understand it. I actually, I don't think that we totally understand her story. We know things are missing from the Bible. Obviously we have JSTs to give insights to help us understand better but we also know there are some incomplete parts. And sometimes I wonder if this story is a little bit incomplete. So we know three holy men go to visit Abraham and Abraham takes care of them. And then they go see Lot and his family and Lot takes care of them as well. Lot just lives in a place that is not nearly as safe as Abraham. And these three holy men tell Lot that they need to leave. And So Lot talks to his wife, and then he talks to his three sons-in-law who are married to his three daughters. And in chapter 19 of Genesis, verse 14, it says, And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get up out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And when the morning arose, when the angel hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed by the iniquity of the city. So the sons-in-law didn't believe him. And the angel has to go to Lot and pull the four of them that live in Lot's home out. And he tells them that they need to escape for their life. And... um. And he tells them that he can't look, they can't look behind them. And in Hannah Farrell's book, Women in the Scriptures, she talks about when you're running somewhere, it's easy, if you're in a race, right? It's easy to look back and want to know how close you are to the other people or to what's happening. But when you turn around, you slow down. That's just, that's just how it works with humans. And so for them to be told that they need to not turn around, she talks about that maybe that is because it will slow them down and they won't be able to escape as quickly as they need to. So she also talks about a very interesting perspective of Lot's wife I had never considered before. And maybe it's just because I haven't read the story super carefully in my adult life to know really what is happening. So we are given very specific pieces of information. Lot goes, he talks to his three sons-in-law who are married to his daughter. And when they flee with the angel, there's Lot, his wife, and his two unmarried daughters. That means they are leaving behind three daughters, three sons-in-law, and possibly even grandchildren. So what if we took that perspective of Lot's wife? She's a mother of five daughters. Only two are with her when they flee the city. 
What if she looked back longingly, not for the wickedness of the world that she's leaving behind or because she's going to miss her home, but what if she's longing to be with her family that she has left behind? A longing to be in the wicked city, but not because she loved the wickedness and the lifestyle, but maybe because she loved being with her family. Maybe she's grieved because her daughter's families did not decide to come with them. Can you imagine there must have been some ache there of what she was leaving behind beyond that weren't her turning into a pillar of salt as well. So I want to quote Hannah for just a minute. I'll make sure to link to her book in the show notes. It is so good. And I feel like I have learned so much from her. So she says, the consequence of her look back was that she became a pillar of salt. That's in Genesis 19, 26. The Hebrew word for pillar is N-E-T-S-I-Y-B. I'm not going to say that right, so I'm not going to try. And it means something stationary as in a military post, a statue. It's often translated in the Old Testament as the word garrison, indicating someone who is positioned as a guard or sentinel. Also, we know that salt is a symbolic substance in the scriptures and was often used in making covenants. So if we look at Lot's wife becoming a sentinel of salt, that changes our understanding of her story in an incredible way. So a statue of covenants, of someone that makes covenants, right? So she also quotes someone else here who goes into it in a little bit different way. And then she continues, if Lot's wife had been caught out on the plain during the destruction of Sodom rather than within the safety of the city, it is possible she may have literally become a volcanic statue. Sodom was very close to the Dead Sea and things there often became covered with salt. She, or something very like her, may have literally been preserved for people to see for years afterwards, a powerful monument to a mother's love. So she goes on and talks about how it's a lesson though on how we want to save people from their sins, but they have consequences for their own choices. And we can't, we can't fix people's choices. They just get to make them. So Elder Holland said in a speech at BYU, it's called Remember Lot's Wife, Faith is for the Future. Faith is always pointed towards the future. Faith always has to do with blessings and truths and events that will yet be effectious in our lives. So a more theological way to talk about Lot's wife is to say that she did not have faith. She doubted the Lord's ability to give her something better than she already had. Apparently she thought, fatally as it turned out, that nothing that lay ahead could possibly be as good as those moments she was leaving behind. So maybe it was that she longed to go back. She had a lack of faith of what the Lord could provide her when her children were being left behind to be destroyed, which is heartbreaking for a mother. It would be so difficult to feel like it could be better when you're missing half your family or more than half if she had grandchildren she was leaving behind. So as we think of Lot's wife, maybe she didn't turn back to go back into a sinful life there. Maybe she was turning back because she wanted to save her children from the sin. She turned back in love. Of course, we don't know for sure. I like to think that maybe she turned back in sorrow, hoping to see them, hoping to be able to save them. 
However, in the same breath, we must remember that having faith to move forward without looking back can be difficult. So what do we learn from Lot's wife about how the Lord loves us? I think there's a lot that we can learn from her. God loves you and he wants what is best for you and for your entire family. The only problem with that is you only have control over you and your choices. The only thing you can do is do your best to teach your children the gospel of Jesus Christ, to testify to them and to help them understand that the Lord loves them and then they get to make their own choices. And as you move forward, you can't be held back because of their choices. Don't turn around and hope they're there. Walk beside them as needed and have faith that God will take them by the hand and lead them back. God will send a warning and he will send help. They were given the help of three holy men and we get to decide if we heed the holy men in our lives. Do you heed the warnings of prophets and apostles? Do you pick and choose which commandments you want to obey? Or are you willing to heed the warnings that are given, the promises that are offered, and to move forward with faith even when it seems a little dark? and misguided. Other people have to decide if they will heed that help. We cannot force anyone to go forward with faith. The next lesson we learn is that the Lord's plan is greater than ours every single time. Every time. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. There's heartache and sorrow and sickness and so many other things. But the Lord always has your back. His plan will always be greater than ours. We just have to let him in so that we know what his plan is and then face forward with faith. It can be so difficult to understand his plan, especially when we feel like we are left in the dark and don't totally understand how it will all work out. Learning to have faith and trust in him and in your own revelation is key to being able to move forward with him. We need to trust him. It can cause heartache and sorrow at first, but sometimes the better things in life come from situations that we don't feel like we can move on from. They come from the pits of despair. There will be light again. He wants what is best for us, and he always will want his what is best for us and we just have to trust him and we have to move forward with faith in him thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you're willing to help me out and you love today's episode please share it with a friend leaving a review is actually extremely helpful as well and allows other people to find the podcast so if you are enjoying listening please leave a review Thank you so much for listening and remember, today you are enough.